All right, guys, welcome back to Take It From Us. We've got Jake, Colin, and Brooke here again. Uh, and for those of you wondering, we are only 25 days away from Notre Dame getting exposed for the fraud that they are. So we just thought we'd give you that quick little timeline there for those of you who are wondering. Only 25 days left until everything that we've said about Notre Dame comes out. So <clears throat> on this podcast, we're going to dive into uh, college football playoffs, the final rankings, outlook on the matchups, uh, probably touching the Heisman race a little bit as well. So before we get going here, just a reminder, podcast is available on Spotify, Google Podcasts, and we're kind of delayed um, in releasing this podcast since our last one because we were in the process of getting approved by iTunes podcast, and we are approved now. So for those of you that already Ooh. listen to iTunes, check us out. Just Special. All you got to do is type in Take It From Us. I'm pretty sure we're the only podcast that name so we will pop up if you, you, just if type you can't in. find us it's the one with three ugly dudes is the picture, <laughs> that's <so>. right <laughs> all right so we'll dive right into it here uh first thing we're going to talk about is our initial thoughts on the final six that got released by the college football playoff committee i'm gonna roll in here because i'm excited for notre dame to get stomped by clemson I, it's I, the spread doesn't really surprise me i think it's last time i checked it was 11 and a half 12 should be more. Um, yeah. Definitely should be more. Um, yeah, and I want to jump in on something about Notre Dame, too. I I heard something they're saying about BY, if BYU had Notre Dame's schedule, they like could definitely be undefeated. And it kind of jumped out at me because there's a lot of Power 5 teams that if they had Notre Dame's schedule, oh, they would yes. for sure be undefeated. And then you're looking at... I mean, obviously, there'd be no question oh, in, yeah. in the in the discussion for um, for number three, the number three spot there. Um, it's just I don't know if you guys want to talk a little about that. I just think it just goes to show that people are starting to notice how big of a fraud Notre Dame is because I, of their name. I mean, you know, I think Notre Dame because they're not in a conference like skates by with the uh, you know the Late in the year, the Ball States and the, you know, Syracuse. I mean, Sy- yes, Syracuse was ranked and they had a big year this year. But, I mean, they're still far from, like, a test to be in the college football playoff. And, I mean, I just don't see a game on their schedule that says to me, wow, this this team is good. Like, they should be in the playoff. Like, you can't you can't look me in the eyes and tell me, Georgia would not beat Notre Dame by two touchdowns. And they even did a thing where the Vegas did, if they played, they had a spread, and they would be a double-digit yeah. exactly. favorite and against like Notre that's Dame. Spot Same on. with Oklahoma. Or I think it was Ohio State. Ohio, Ohio State, State yeah. yeah. So <clears throat> here's my thoughts on that. And it became um, kind of bigger to me over this weekend that Notre Dame somehow gets by without having to – you know, obviously playing a conference. And I feel like a lot of people downplay that and make that out to be less of a deal than what it actually is. Because looking at the conference championship games this weekend, say Notre Dame was in one of those conferences. You have Notre Dame either having to play Ohio State, Clemson, Alabama, Georgia. Let's see who else. Washington. Um, Would Washington play Utah? Yeah. Utah. And then... Who else am I missing here? Big 12, Oklahoma or Texas. So while Notre Dame got a 
by pretty much this week. Didn't have to do anything but sit on their couch and wait till the playoff committee let them in. Um, I, I mean, I'll be honest, every single championship game or conference championship game would have at least gave Notre Dame a fight. Because even if, say, let's just think about this for a second, even even though it's kind of off to think, say Clemson wasn't in a conference and Notre Dame was. So say Notre Dame's in Clemson's position. Pittsburgh gave Notre Dame a hell of a game this year. And watching that game, Pittsburgh did everything they could to lose that game. Pittsburgh should have beat Notre Dame. So Clemson rolls in, just throttles Pittsburgh in the conference championship. And like I'm, I'm watching that game thinking if Notre Dame had to play a conference championship game, I obviously it's just one more test that they would have had. And uh, realistically, they didn't have much for tests this year. And that's just kind of one more thing is they might still schedule opponents who they anticipate to be decent. But there's something about not playing in a conference that takes away from those games because you think about rivalry weekend and just the different games throughout the year. Like, just as a Nebraska fan, I know going in to play Wisconsin, going in to play Iowa, going in to play Michigan, Michigan State, Michigan, it's going to be dogfights. Like, those are tough games because it's conference. There's a, there's a lot on the line there. And it's just there is no, like, buildup and, you know, like, pressure for really Notre Dame. Because anytime a team plays Notre Dame, it's an out-of-conference game for them. And just – I mean, realistically, that's why there's a reason that teams, besides the one week the SEC does it, there's a reason all of the non-conference games are to start the season off. It's because by the time you start getting into conference games, teams are starting to peak, teams are starting to show. So I just think that's a huge advantage for Notre Dame to just not have to ever play a conference game. They don't have they don't have the tests. And like we said too, um, all three. The other three playoff teams have played 13 games, and Notre Dame has played 12. And like you said, there is no doubt in my mind that if Notre Dame would have played, even <clears throat> even Washington, Washington, their defense is solid, mm-hmm. very solid. I think they would have lost to Washington, mm-hmm. and yeah. and they would have lost to Ohio State. They would have they would have lost to Oklahoma. They would have lost to Clemson. They would have lost to Georgia. They would have lost to Alabama, obviously, and obviously Clemson too. And I cannot wait for Clemson to beat him. I think it's going to be by at least 20 points. Well, in recent memory, I can't remember, like, any college football playoff team that, like, I go up and down the top 10 and I'm like, yeah, they they give them a game. Like, they could probably beat. I think every team in the top 10 could probably beat Notre Dame. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I don't know if that would for sure happen, but, you know, Notre Dame is just, I think... I think honestly they should be playing UCF or something like that, yeah. like the Peach Bowl, mm-hmm. because they really do not deserve to be there, and especially because you saw what Georgia did to Alabama, yeah. and I think that's a big shout out to Clemson and Oklahoma if you can get pressure on them in that offense. They kind of, I mean, Tua it looks human at mm-hmm. least now. He's not. But they do have the luxury of bringing in another quarterback that could start. Yeah, exactly. The country, which I mean, is the, and which that's is the difference. And I think that's. That's why I think Alabama is going to be the national champion oh. when it's all said and done because Jalen had like come in when Georgia had them on the ropes just like Tua did last year and took over that game and you know anytime you have two players like that that can come in and win you a football game I mean that's pretty mm-hmm. special so so and, you want to go yeah uh, let's well you probably were gonna say this but let's 
like I'm gonna ask you guys, do you think the committee got it right with the four teams? No, no, no because here's the thing: is the committee's goal, and they say it every single week, and that's why when rankings come out throughout the year and people are bitching because their team won by 20 and a team that's ranked ahead of them barely squeaked by and stuff. The purpose of the committee is to find the best four teams in college football. When we had the BCS system and it was just one national championship game, that was the two most deserving teams. The purpose of the committee is the four best. And I don't understand. Okay. I get it that Georgia, you know, they, they have two losses. Notre Dame has zero. I, I, I understand. And I think the committee had to do that. The committee had to, had to keep Notre Dame in just because right now there isn't like set parameters that like the committee defines anything by they so they go in and they take undefeated Notre Dame that's fine because obviously it was clear that if they were going to leave a team out for Georgia it was going to be Oklahoma because they were the four so I'm not even going to talk about whether or not Georgia should be in over Notre Dame I, I wish they were because I know that Georgia would give Clemson a great game and obviously give Alabama a great game so between the national championship game last year and the conference championship game this past weekend, even though Georgia's lost both of them, they've trailed for a total of 61 seconds. Is anyone else in the country going to give Alabama that good of a game? Maybe Clemson, but realistically, Notre Dame's not and Oklahoma's not. I think Oklahoma should have been in. That's fine and, with me. And here's my <clears> thing. It's like Jake said, the committee's come out and said we want the best four teams in every week. And like I don't know why they feed us this BS because honestly, what these rankings tell us is that they just want to put the four teams that screwed it up the least yeah. in. Like, because obviously, like, I think even if Georgia, like, loses to LSU by three or seven, a one-possession game, they're probably in because I think they're saying, because Ohio State was six with that 29-point mm-hmm. loss to Purdue, and Georgia was five with that 20-point loss, mm-hmm. and Oklahoma lost by three or whatever it was <clears> on that <throat> last-second kick. And they're just... They're saying, all right, we want the teams who, like, aren't going to, like, give us a bad game. Or I don't well, know. these. What they're telling us is all well, screwed up. Yeah, and, and here's the thing, too, is once you get towards the end of the season, you're supposed to be basing these teams off of, like, where they are now. So, obviously, like, if UCF would have been in a position to make the college football playoff, they wouldn't have because they know that they're a different team without Milton. I don't care that they won by – 15 this week and doesn't matter they were down by yes they 17 they, at one point, if I'm memphis sure, just keeps the foot in the gas they get blown out that game yeah. but that's besides the point here the thing is you're supposed to be judging these teams off of how they look to end the year and it was clear that they judged notre dame based on a week one win against michigan instead of a last game of the season barely squeaked by against a mediocre below average USC team. So, Should have lost yeah. that game. So here's here's the thing is they're judging Notre Dame off that. They're judging Ohio State off of the 29-point loss. They're judging Georgia off of – they're not judging Georgia off of this loss to Alabama. They're, George, they're judging Georgia off a 20-point loss to LSU. And Ohio State's a different team than when they lost by 29. Georgia's a different team when they lost by 20. And honestly, Oklahoma's a different team than when they lost to Texas. Exactly. Obviously, they avenged the loss, too. So, yeah, if and, anything, and, um, Georgia's going back. Or yeah, Notre I Dame really, is. I truly believe that if the – in my mind, I know I'm not on the committee, but... You're not? <laughs> surprisingly, yeah. <laughs> no, but uh, 
So, in my mind, if they would have got this right, in my opinion, I think it should have been the four best teams should have been Bama, Clemson, Georgia, and Oklahoma. Yeah. Exactly. And, and, and you set it up so Georgia plays Clemson week one, and if whichever team comes out of that, realistically, because, probably uh, playing Bama. Georgia. That would be the that would be the best case scenario yeah. for yes. good games. Yes. Georgia is. I think it was a tie game when they called that stupid fake punt. Fourth and Fourth 11. 11. It, was, it almost reminded me of that, not as bad, but is the Colts <laughs> fake, what, what do you even call that? Fake punt, fake what? QB sneak <laughs> on fourth down. They, that was very stupid. You, you punt the ball, you pin them inside their own 10, and they, they, have, to, they have to go down the field 90, 90 yards. Well, it would have been like 60 yards for a field goal. But... Very stupid play call, and they are a stupid play call from being <clears throat> in, the in the playoff, playoff. Mm-hmm. in my opinion, because their defense was playing really solid, even though I think Hurts drove down the field that drive before. But in my mind, Georgia is one of the four best teams in college football. I don't care what anybody says just by the eye test, and I know eye test is very skeptical, yeah. but eye test, they, they look like the better team against Bama. Until Jalen Hurts came in, but obviously, like Bama has the luxury of bringing another quarterback that could start anywhere in the country. So the the last thing I'm going to say about this is here's here's why I think the committee's off still, and so, we either need to move it to eight games, or Brooke was even talking about doing six games, and you set it up like um, the different conferences and NFL set up where one and two get a buy. Yeah. So either. The committee needs to figure it out and reevaluate how they're going to evaluate teams. Because here's the thing. If Georgia beats Bama, your top four probably, and I don't know, it would have been Clemson one, um, probably Notre, no. So if it would be Clemson one, probably Georgia two, say I'd Georgia say. Georgia jumps. Georgia yeah. two. Probably, I'd honestly say Bama three, Oklahoma, or Notre Dame four. So – Whatever, it doesn't matter what the things were. The thing that bothers me is if Georgia had won that game, they would have kept Notre Dame in over Oklahoma. And that's what bothers me the most, just judging off their rankings. Like, Notre Dame would have made it. And Oklahoma doesn't have a bad loss this year. I understand, like, yes, it was a three-point loss to, a once again, a rival that Mm -hmm. is a conference game that Notre Dame doesn't have to deal with. It's not like it was at home, too. it was neutral neutral field. And like you said, came out, avenged it. And here's the thing. Notre Dame has 12 wins and no conference championship. Oklahoma has 12 wins and a conference championship. And Ohio State has 12 wins and a conference championship. Mm-hmm. And 12 wins and no conference championship is currently above all them. And for what? Because you managed to not choke or you managed to not lose against Pittsburgh. You squeaked it out against Ball State. Congratulations. So and that's like, like Jake alluded to, I'm a big fan of six teams in the playoff because – Every year, it comes down to the two teams that get left out. So, like, this year, Georgia and mm-hmm. Ohio State. And it's been the same in previous years. Like, if if you put it at eight, then look what we would have this year. You'd be fighting over two and three lost teams because mm-hmm. Michigan, seven, UCFA, obviously, but they lost their starting quarterback, yeah. and that'd be tough to put them mm-hmm. in. LSU, and then, then you're at, like, Florida, Washington. LSU, Washington, all three <laughs> lost teams and like, if you lose three times, are you really that no. deserving to play no. for the championship? No. Not really. No. So, at a 16 playoff, you award the two best teams, like Alabama and Georgia. They get a bye. They get to watch. 
and then like the final four bubble teams have to go and fight it out and to play those two top teams Mm -hmm. and i think that would be perfect because you wouldn't have to shorten any seasons and i mean the most games a team could play is three yeah because the bubble teams. yeah and i i don't know i'm just a really big fan of that so we're gonna i think we're gonna hold off here on making our uh our bowl games pick until they get closer because you never know what's going to happen leading up to that you always have something happen freak injuries some some kid gets in trouble for something so and i want to talk about that one one bowl game in particular too uh we talked about georgia a lot and i think the spread was like 10 or 11 for against texas um i do think georgia is the much better team obviously should be in the playoff I do think they'll still win this game, but I think Texas will cover yeah. that just because, obviously, mm-hmm. Texas, even if they would have won the Big 12 championship, they wouldn't have been in the playoff. Mm-hmm. So they're, this is their, their game. They want to win this game more than Georgia, yeah. obviously, because Georgia is like, wow, we should have been in. Um, should have won the game against Bama. So It'll I'll, be I'll the same that. thing that happened with UCF-Auburn UCF. last year. Yeah. Auburn was the better team. Yeah. Had a tough loss to end the year. Didn't want to be there. But mm-hmm. we'll uh, we'll make our picks on every bowl game as they start to come up here. But um, to stay on college football, we're kind of dive into the uh, Heisman debate now. And before we get going on that, I just want to say never in my life have I ever rooted for Alabama. Obvious, obviously, being from Nebraska and watching them be so successful every year, I have no reason to. But I can tell you right now, when Tua went out of that game and Jalen came in, I was all on rooting for Bama to win that game because here's the thing in the modern day of, I mean, you saw it this year, how many kids transferred. You just saw today, Kelly Bryant announced he's going to transfer to Missouri. Um, And at the end of the day, if it's your team, you probably see something like that. You see a kid's transferring and and you're quick to jump on them and call them a quitter and all that stuff. And honestly, I don't want to ever bag on a kid for transferring because at the end of the day, it's it's their decision. They're doing what's best for them. But I think if anyone deserved to transfer, it was probably Jalen Hurts. He went out and was their go-to guy mm-hmm. for three years until he la- won, yeah, he won twelve games last yeah, year. He won a national championship for him. Yeah. So and then last year, Tua takes over, and I mean, once he was announced the start of this year and started all year, I mean, I was just. I was hoping that at some point you never want – I didn't want Tua to get hurt by any means, but I was hoping Jalen would get a chance. And that's just so – I mean, I, I admire that so much. It's, he waited all year. If you saw, he was never pouting. He always no. supported Tua. And then he gets his chance to come in, and damn, he was ready. It's he a, came in, and he he lit it up. Yeah, He looked so good. It's a big testament to uh, yeah. his – obviously his determination and – there, he could have taken the easy way out. He could have said, "Screw this! I'm going to go transfer to." I, I heard rumors went to, yeah. he was going to go to Nebraska, but I, that was very far fetched. But he definitely could have taken the easy way out, like people we know, Tristan Gebbia, obviously um, Kelly Bryant, all that. But when your team, when his his team obviously needed him, he came in and he, yeah. like you said, he stepped up, yeah. which is huge. And that's another thing too. Who who starts? If, who starts in that game? If Tua's healthy, Tua starts, yeah, and I don't think starts. it's a discussion mm-hmm. just because of what he did all year. Yeah. But I mean, but when, if Very Bama, yeah. if and when, because I think they're going to when Bama wins the national championship this year, I mean, you have to show a ton of respect to Jalen because I understand it was just a conference championship game, and 
they're probably getting in even if they lose that game. But honestly, you don't know that because at the time Jalen came in, it was was it was it twenty eight twenty one? I think it was twenty eight twenty one. And realistically, like if he didn't play well, they could have rolled over. And Georgia, there was a time in that game. There's a couple times where it felt like Georgia could honestly win this game by three or four scores the way they were playing. Yes. So and I texted you guys mid game. I was like, Georgia's gonna win the national championship. Like I strongly, I strongly believe because their defense looked insane. Jake Fromm was balling, yeah. and then obviously. Jalen Hurts came. I'm uh, <laughs> I'm not I'm not right a lot a lot of the time, but I did reply to that text with Alabama's yeah. going to win this football game. Yeah, yeah. not Alabama's yeah. going to win the Natty. So, yeah. hats off to me there. Right. I, I might have messed up on the Cowboys Saints pick, but I redeemed myself <laughs> with Alabama there. But and, no, I just I mean we'll get into Heisman now. I, I know Brooks got some stuff to add, but I just wanted to say hats off to Jalen for being ready and taking advantage of that. Opportunity. I want to go back to what we were talking about the transfers, and you know. And, like, good good on Jalen. Proud of him for sticking it out. But with the transfer rules, uh, I think I'm on I'm on the player side with this because I think Jalen just made the best choice for Jalen because if he would have left, he still would have only gotten one year at a different school. And now if that he stayed, he learned from the great Bama coaches and he's going to and he's going to get to learn from the best coaches out there. And, like, now after this year, after he wins another national championship, he'll have the opportunity to either leave or stay. That's up to him. But, you know, like, the Jebia and the Kelly Bryant situation, I think, you know, the coaches don't always handle that the right way. Like, Kelly Bryant, they told him he was the starter and then kind of started edging him out to Trevor Lawrence. And Mm -hmm. I just don't think that's right. Like, Dabo should have been up front with him and, you know, and – like Colin brought up Tristan Jebbia and I think Frost handled that well too. I by think the way. he did handle it well and Jebbia, if he would have decided to stay, had an opportunity because Martinez yep. went down and mm-hmm. he would have looked like a hero. But, you know, I don't blame him because I mean he's just trying to make the best decision for him and get to the next level, but there was definitely that opportunity mm-hmm. like there was for Jalen last weekend for Tristan, so you know, it's tough <laughs> but yeah, I'll I I could never get mad at Tristan for no, making that decision. I mean, because I mean, you, one, you got to look at the flip side, and what if I what if Adrian tears it up, never gets hurt, and I don't get the chance exactly. to see the field? And second, um, Frost's system didn't exactly align with Jebbia's play style yeah. perfectly anyway. So, like Brooks said, you you gotta. <clears throat> there's a lot you don't think about as a fan because I you see stuff like that when Nebraska announced that Jebbia had requested his you know transfer um you go look at the comments and it's all these guys that are hiding behind their generic husker profile picture and stuff that are quick to comment like oh he's a quitter he's soft all this stuff and i mean put yourself in put yourself in those shoes and at the end of the day you know he came to nebraska for a reason came here Riley's the one that brought him here, obviously. Exactly. And Riley's <laughs> Riley's gone. His whole Calabasas crew that was coming with him's gone. Yeah. So I, I mean, I at the end of the day, I couldn't blame him. And like Brooks said, you, you don't owe this That's university easy. anything. You yeah. you got to make the decision at that point. That's right for yourself. It's no different than any other profession. As much as you don't want to let down the people you're surrounded with right now, but. I mean, you got to do what's right for you. So just exactly. remember that anytime you're quick to jump on an athlete, like mm-hmm. this is this is something that could turn into their lively profession. So. Exactly. Sure. 
So <clears throat> now that we've get to the Heisman talked you're off on that, yeah, we'll get to the Heisman. So I'll give my my take real quick and short here because mine's pretty short and simple. So uh, Brooke and Colin have both touched on it all week too. So I know they think the same way. It's the matter of does the Heisman go to the most valuable player or the best player? Because if it goes to the best player, it goes to Tua. Tua. If it goes to the most valuable, it goes to Kyler. And I don't know how you're going to define it. I don't even know how I'm defining it. But the way I'm thinking about it is it almost hurt Tua all year that they were so good and he never had the chance to go out and win a game. And I know he got banged up this weekend. But the thing is, everyone talks about throughout the whole year. And normally when it's a super tight race like this, when the stats are pretty similar, records are similar, it comes down to uh, everyone talks about it, the Heisman moment. And Tua had his chance to have a Heisman moment this weekend. I understand he got hurt, and I, I know he wasn't playing like himself. But your backup came in when you were down seven, scored 14 unanswered to win the game. So if I th- if anything, Jalen might have lost Tua the Heisman right yeah. there because Jalen came in mm-hmm. to a game where Tua couldn't do anything right, and he put up two quick scores to win the game. So in my opinion – Tua had his chance to go out, have a big game, have a Heisman moment. Didn't happen for him. Kyler had another incredible game against Texas. Kind of had a couple Heisman moments all year when that horrendous defense lets him down. So, I mean, it's it might be I, – I could see it going either way. I wouldn't be mad either way, but my pick would be Kyler just because, I mean, it's not Tua's fault really or anything, but Kyler, because of that defense, has had times this year where he has to come out and continually answer. And I understand there's differences in SEC and Big 12 defenses, but just and p- putting that aside, Kyler, it's my pick. That's that's my biggest point is that, you know, Ky- or Kyler, you know, as they kind of – I'm not – say this is not my opinion, but as, like, experts say, plays in a pillow fight conference. In the Big 12, you're going to put up a lot of points and a lot of numbers, and you see that with Will Greer – uh, Sam Ellinger, Kyler, you know, there's a lot of points to be scored and stats to be had. And yes, Kyler is a very good football player and very valuable to the team, maybe the most valuable to his team in the country. But what Tua did week in and week out against SEC defenses, and I mean, obviously he struggled against Georgia, yes, but I mean, he played so well and ran that offense so well that he didn't even have to play in the fourth quarter. I'm I my pick is Tua just because screw the Heisman moment. He was so good yeah. he didn't need a Heisman yeah. moment. That's, and that's, that's true. The thing. Everyone gets wrapped around the fact that you need a Heisman moment. Like, is this the best is this the best player in college football or is this they had the best moment? Yeah, or the most the best, hype. The best moment, yeah, like you said, best hype or like most flashiness. Like you obviously we obviously know Tua is the better football player yeah than Kyler Murray and what people really sleep on too if you want to get into like stats and all this I'm pretty sure Dwayne Haskins lead leads the country in passing touchdowns too and he's he's also not going against horrible defenses in the Big Ten he's he's very respectable defenses so that's something to think about too and in my obviously my pick is Tua um but like you said it goes down to most valuable best player I don't know. And like you said, I think Jalen Hurts I would lost like, him the Heisman. Yeah. But. I would like to add there's not a bad pick like Jake said, but at the same time what I try to what I try to do here was like 
if you put Tua in Kyler's situation, like I think Tua does something very similar with yeah. his legs and his arm. They're two very similar players like that. And obviously Kyler for Alabama could have a big season too, but you know, really when it's this close, I mean I guess it's gut or eye test and to me my gut's telling me Tua. But like I said, I would not be mad yeah. if Kyler won it. He has all. he has the luxury to play on the best team in the country, Alabama. Yeah. Obviously his defense is great and offense is great and that's the reason why he doesn't play in the fourth quarter is because his defense is really good and his offense is really good, so they're gonna be up by a lot of points, obviously. Mm-hmm. And that's the problem with Kyler is his defense is horrible, so he's still playing in the fourth quarter, yeah. yet mm-hmm. putting up insane numbers. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And that's just what you have to think about. So the the super unfortunate thing about it is is when the Heisman is determined because it's a regular season award, obviously, and you're going to get to see these two quarterbacks go head-to-head against each other. And the thing is, one of them could win the Heisman, and you could watch that first-round game and say, damn, they really got that wrong or yeah. they really yeah. got it right. So, that's, that's what's so tough about so, having the Heisman yeah. before those games yeah. is because time will definitely tell. Whoever loses is going to have a big chip on their shoulder yeah. to yeah. go out and prove everybody wrong. That's, so that's, that's a great point. Like Honestly, at this point, if I was an Oklahoma fan or a Bama fan, I don't think I'd want my exactly. quarterback to win the Heisman. I'd want that little more bulletin board material like, exactly. hey. He you said, don't think I'm the best? I'm going to yeah, go show you. I'm going to prove it to you. So, so yeah. And uh, that's going to be a hell of a game to watch, and I'm, I'm excited. <laughs> that's kind of our takes on, you know, first initial thoughts on the final rankings. Um, like we said, we're going to dive into more bowl games as they come up. We're going to cut this episode here right around the 30-minute mark uh, just because we want to, you know, make it more accessible to – Anybody that's listening, you know, I only got 30 minutes and I want to hear just about college football or just about this, just about this. So we're going to try breaking that up so you guys have a better chance to listen to exactly what you want to talk about. And if you only have, you know, 20, 30 minutes, we'll we'll make some episodes that you can finish in that time. So let us know what you think of that. If you like that, if you didn't like it, uh, once again, podcast is on iTunes, Spotify, all that. So um, give us a listen. Give us a follow on social media. And after you listen to this one, keep on listening. We got NFL coming up next, college basketball. So uh, that's all we got today. Thanks for listening. Take it from us. Later.